So without further ado, let's get into the damn questions. Are you recording? Get your chip. All right, that's it. Welcome to the Average Addicts Podcast, the least boring way to discuss one of the most important topics, in my opinion, that being addiction, recovery, sobriety, not in that order. I am your host, Chris Knight. Hello. Hello, hello. Kevin's getting audio together. My first ever podcast. Yeah, I, I can't hear myself too, too much, but that's fine by me. I can hear you just fine. I can hear you crystal clear. Are we recording now? We're recording now. We're just having a conversation about Cheez-Its. For everyone home listening, <laughs> discussing Pepper Jack Cheez-Its being the greatest ever. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. For those that don't know, it's the Average Addicts Podcast. Uh, if you're listening, there's a good chance you've seen the vlog. My name is Chris Knight. I'm in the studio right now with Kevin Farkas, who doesn't know it yet, but he's going to be a mainstay on the show. I've been conscripted. <laughs> so tell them who you are, Kevin. Give your background. I am the executive producer, founder of the Social Voice Project, and it is an, uh, an innovative, public-oriented media company. In other words, um, you know, we like to work with people and organizations uh, on projects that are community-focused, nonprofit-focused. You know, as a way of doing media work that is for good, that mm. has a purpose to it, that matters. You know, we can make car commercials. We can do a lot of stuff that's just run-the-mill commercial work. But yeah. how boring is that, right? It is right. So I, you know, I I choose to do. Work that um, has a little more gravity to it, a little more importance to it, mm. right? So uh, it's not an easy career path, let me tell you, <laughs> because there's no money in the nonprofit world, so to speak. Now, I, although, you know, UPMC is a nonprofit, so yeah. a lot of money with UPMC. You had to educate me yesterday on nonprofit, uh, the difference you know, between organizations, LLCs, and et cetera. Because when I hear nonprofit, I really think nothing like no money comes in whatsoever. And so I was, I was always confused by that concept. I'm like, well, how in the hell, you know, are they putting on all these events with no funding? Yeah, you nonprofit know? doesn't mean no profit. Yeah, well, that's yeah. how I took it. Yeah, yeah. as a matter of fact, confused if a nonprofit me. doesn't make profit, they're not going to be around. Yeah, right? so I was always so, so confused. Yeah. So, so lost in that. It's just that, you know, the monies that are raised have to come back in some way to impact the populations that they serve. Yeah. Right, or your mission. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't be making money for our a Corvette, our, yeah, our Corvette, our beach home in Cancun, <laughs> right? You can't do that. But as a, a for-profit organization like mine, Incorporated, yeah, we can do anything we want. My work, right? Social Voice Project. Yeah. You know, when we heard about you, mm. I said, you know what? What a mission. Yeah. Right. What a message. And you know, addiction is is one of these things that is so pervasive, touches almost every family. Right? Oh yeah. Uh, including my own, right? Mm. I had a nephew who died of a heroin overdose. Oh, I didn't know five, that. Five years ago. So it's touched my family, <clears throat> right? And so, you know, everybody is dealing with this. Yeah. When we started with this idea, there was never like conversation had, like we're just going to go to the addicts. You know, we're just going to go to this person, right? But it had never crossed my mind really initially the amount of people it does impact. It, it really didn't. And then the more messages I get, you really start to see, like you said, it's pervasive in in, in across the board almost in everyone's life but it's always interesting to see how you know in, in what way it affected them it, it was an eye-opener for me to see how much uh the the topic of addiction really affects you know people across the board rich poor etc you know it's it pretty interesting to me and, and you know when it comes to broadcasting that message sharing that message right that's what this media is about that's yeah. what this podcast is about is getting that message out there getting these stories 
out so people can hear and really listen to them and understand them and engage you know, the topic through this medium, in this case, the podcast. Yeah. Right? I always say that, you know, a story not heard is essentially a story not told, mm. right? Oh, so yeah. if, if we are not putting together, you know, with all this, you know, we're in, in, we're this, in this room, we've got lights crazy. and cameras and microphones and all this stuff. If we didn't do this, yeah. how, how else would this get out there? Exactly. The public, right? Exactly. And you guys can't see it now, but Kevin has brought the most elaborate setup. Like if you watch the videos, right, I have my little LED lights and basically just, you know, all various lights I seem to collect throughout the house. But he has brought the setup. I mean, I feel like I'm in a radio station right now, like I'm a, I'm a legit radio host, you know, which to, which to me motivates me because going from, you know, my little DSLR and LED light, you know, and now I'm sitting in front of these lights, these cameras, it shows progression in my mind. Uh, I have, what, four vlogs out now? If you look at the first, the only vlogs that are posted, they're all different in some way. You know, so we had the original intro in there for a minute. And then we looked at the numbers and it looked like people were tuning off with the intro, you know, so bam, we get rid of the intro. So we're trying a new intro and a new song and a new everything. We're just trying to see what fits, you know, and I think it's good people following the progression of the show to see how it looks um, between now and a year from now. And also just as a matter of success in a short amount of time. You know, one of my driving goals is always to number one, it just nicks any excuse you could possibly come up with of why you can't do something. You know, so if I can go from <laughs> overdosing on heroin in a hospital bathroom, right? And in a small amount of time, go from that to this setup, working with you, you know, really progressing and creating a successful product and actually helping people, that's huge. You know, and the more people that can, can follow that, and it's not just with media, it's with anything, anything you want to do. I've heard it a million times. You know, I, I wouldn't be on drugs if I could do this. You know, this was my dream or that was my dream. It's always a question of what did you stop for? You know, what was like, the drugs? That's a, that's a temporary thing. It doesn't have to be, a, you know, a lifestyle. Right. So like I want to stop smoking. I have all intention of stopping smoking. Right. But I know that it's not forever. You know, I know I can stop at any moment. All I'm doing even now is coming up with like an excuse. like, OK, I'll buy one more pack and et cetera, which is something I got to in my mind. I have to change, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just getting that across to people. You can do anything in short order if you apply yourself to it. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that doesn't get told to people often. Yeah. You know? Addiction, I mean, it's it's such a complicated phenomenon, but it's really, a, a, it's, it's something within a wider part of the human experience. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so dealing with, you know, if you don't have goals in your life, if one does not have a direction, ambitions, desires, aspirations, something that you love that you want to pursue, well, you know, there's not a whole lot that's going to matter, yeah. right? Because those things aren't in one's life. You know, addiction may be one way that that manifests. Yeah. Right? There are other ways that, you know, we suffer because when we don't have goals and aspirations and, and things like that. So there's a, there's a, there's something wider and deeper and more profound that's really in all of these discussions around addiction. And I'm glad that you are addressing these things in a very honest way. Yeah. I think that's, that's much needed. Yeah. And that's what the whole idea when we uh, started when I started thinking of, you know, the first episodes and everything, right, I wanted to give an honest introduction to myself. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want everyone to look at me as this, some, this professional or whatever. You know, by, by no means, I'm not a therapist. Uh, I'm not any of these things, right? But there are Greek philosophers that we still take things from. They weren't either. You know, good advice, especially coming from a realistic place, you know, having been there and done that, to me is more valuable than anything you'll read in a book, you know, for the most part. And I think that's what 
what I'm doing, what appeals to most people, you know, and that's what I tell them. I am you at the end of the day. There's no two ways about it. You know, I'm just at a certain part of my life now where that that's done. And now I'm trying to explain what I learned from it. You know, things that other people haven't thought of. But like you were saying about setting goals, what some people have never used drugs don't know. Drugs will convince you that that's it, that there is nothing else that, that is important at all. Like you'll literally, again, coming from experience, you'll dedicate your entire day just to making sure you have drugs together for when you go to bed, you know, and then drugs together for when you wake up. And then the rest of your day is consumed, you know, by this, this search for money or, you know, something to sell, something to pawn. It's, it's like a career, you know, and, and another part of that, as far as satisfaction goes, if people haven't had satisfaction, like in a career or something like that, if you decide, okay, I'm going to get drugs, you start from nothing. And then by the end of the day, you have drugs. It does give you a certain feeling of accomplishment as weird as that sounds. And that's just as intoxicating as the drugs. There have been times I've gone so far out of my way to produce funds, to get drugs that, that drugs almost became secondary. It became more just the pursuit of them, you know, that seemed worthwhile, you know, and then you get that second of feeling, you know, accomplished. You do the drugs that high lasts about five minutes if you're, if you're lucky, and then you're back to it again, you know, and so it becomes like a career in and of itself, which is a scary mindset to have because you have, I know a lot of people that fall into that, you know, I, I've, <laughs> I've met guys that'll, that'll be on, like currently be on drugs, but to giving someone else advice on how to not do them, or I've been told several times, you know, someone will, uh, will just have, you know, broke me out of line or something, I'll do it. And then they'll start telling me, man, you don't need to do this. This isn't you. You know, this is, you should, man, you should just stop now. And I'm looking at them like, what the fuck? Like, you're doing it. Right. You know, you just got done, sh you know, shooting or smoking, whatever. How are you going to tell me? You know, and that, that that was, I don't know, just little funny, quirky shit that happens when you're you're in your addiction. You know, and it's another thing people don't talk about, you know, often at all. This is really a struggle of, over truth, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Whether it's, you know, personal truth, uh, emotional truth, intellectual truth, it's about us first and foremost being honest. Oh yeah, with our bodies, our mental states, with the people around us, right? And I think addiction is is one of the greatest examples of being dishonest. Um, it's complicated, right? I don't want to yeah. oversimplify this, but That's right. but really, I mean, when you when you step back from any of this and you say, "Oh, I am an addict." Well, that's the first truth to deal with, right? Yeah, that's the that's the first truth. So I was a a, a smoker for twenty years. Mm -hmm. I oh, quit. You could help me out then. I quit seventeen years, eighteen years ago. Mm. What helped me quit was coming to the truth for me yeah. that I was an addict. And when that when that struck off into my head, I realized that oh, this is my truth. This is I can't lay this on anybody else yeah. or blame it on any. No, it's mine. So to this day, I realize it's my struggle. And I will tell you, there's a there's a, a book mm. and there was a movie with Jack Lemmon and Lee Remick, and the movie was called um, Days of Wine and Roses. Mm. I don't know if you know this movie. No. Uh -uh. When I'm I was not trying even to try to know who the hell Jack Lemmon is. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm trying oh, to run it through my old? head right now. Yeah, like Jack Lemon. Just kind of nod my head over here for everyone that can't see. Like, yeah, Jack Lemon, my man. All right. In a nutshell, it's um, a guy who's a uh, advertising executive in New York City. He's mm -hmm. living the party life. He's out, you know, drinking every night. Whatever. Alcoholic. He meets this 
wonderful, sweet girl works in an office and they date and she, and she's never been out to bars and things like that. And so she starts to go out with him and she becomes an alcoholic too. Uh, so two lives are destroyed. Yeah. So Jack Lemon finally, the Jack Lemon character realizes, oh my God, I'm on the, they have a, a child and he snaps too, gets help with Alcoholics Anonymous. Well, his wife played by Lee Remick, she continues on this spiral mm. and he's left like, oh my God, what did I do? Yeah. How do I get my own stuff together? And there's a great scene and I, and I I think personally, this is what really has uh, prevented me from uh, smoking all mm. these years, being a nicotine addict, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. There's a scene where uh, this guy is walking with his AA sponsor down the street, and they stop at a bar, and there's this wonderful raging party in there, and people are just happy, and, and he says to this AA sponsor, he says, Charlie, man, I just I just wanted to go in and have a drink, but I'd end up on a three-day bender oh, if yeah. I had a drink. He says, why, why can't I do that? And the sponsor says, because guys like you and me can't. It's true. Maybe they can in that bar. Maybe anyone else can do it, but guys like you and me can't do it. True. Whoa. So when it comes to cigarettes, I realized, hmm, so there are some people who can go to a bar, have a drink, have a couple smokes. That's it. They're not smokers. Yeah. Me, one cigarette. Hey, tomorrow's a pack a day. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. That's me. So yeah. I, I had a friend who, um, I, I, this story is really indicative. I had a friend who said, hey, let's go out. So we went out browsing around. He stopped. He got this big box of expensive cigars, went back to his place. He pulls out this, it was bourbon. So it was bourbon. So I, I love bourbon. So, so we're, you know, knocking back this bourbon. He pulls all oh, his cigars. And he's like, here, have a cigar. And I'm like, oh, dude, I don't smoke. Oh, that's not smoking. I was like, oh yeah, it's smoking. Went on and on and on. Right. You know, at the end of the night, it was a point where I just had to draw the line yeah. and say, dude, I, if I had one puff of cigar with this lovely bourbon, yeah, tomorrow I'd be smoking a pack. So do you, do you think it could be reduced down to your personality? You know how everyone says an addictive personality, which I I believe in. Yeah, yeah, sure. I believe addictive personality, yeah. But what I try to explain to people is changing their perspective on how they view that. It, it, to me, in my experience at least, it's it's kind of said in like a, with a negative, you know, mm. like so-and-so is an addictive personality. That's why they did this. Or, you know, people say, well, I do drugs. I have an addictive personality, right? Yeah, sure. So That's real. That's real. I look at it like... Okay, I have an addictive personality, right? So no matter what I do, I'm going to take shit for. No matter what it is, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get balls deep in whatever it is I'm doing, right? So in my mind, it's just switched to something that is conducive, you know, to me and the people around me, right? So the show, for instance, you know, I'm, I'm all in. I went and got an iPhone. I don't even like iPhones. I got it because I was reading it's really good for vlogging. You know, that's how committed I am to this show and this, you know, this platform, this brand and, and you know, this network and everything. But that's just me. Some people may do a show and never do it again. You know, when I was um, real big into cage fighting, you know, I took training probably to a dangerous level, a dangerous level as far as just weight cutting and the amount of time I would put in and good and bad comes from that. I've had days where I was so run down, I thought I was going to pass out in the gym. You know, I've had a day or two where I did pass out in the gym. And I had guys around me, also fighters that are looking at me like I'm insane. You know, like, man, you only need, you know, a couple hours a day of training. But that's just not me. I'm looking at it like, nope. You know, I, I got to go, you know, 10 out of, out of 24 on this. And it, so you see what I mean, though? It's yeah. no matter what you do, it's changing your perspective on that. Sure. I, I mean, yeah, there are people who have to live life full throttle. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's it's the personality, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that's an addictive personality, whatever, it's full throttle to the hilt, everything to the max, everything's superlative. There are people on the other side, right? They don't get out of bed. Everything is gray. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, 
but where's the balance, right? And that's and that's the thing. I mean, you could that's say I'm going to replace my my thrill addiction, my adrenaline addiction of jumping off of bridges and parking off of skyscrapers, you know, with something like um, cage fighting, yeah. right? Or you know, you name it. T- anything taken to extreme mm-hmm. is is probably not going to end very well. Exactly. You, you know, know who Donald Cerrone is? No, he's like that. He's the exact person you described. UFC fighter. I mean, this guy's been in line for title shots and then just went and took a fight just to do it against someone that no one even knows anything about. It doesn't help him at all. You know, he's that kind of guy. He's an adrenaline junkie. And Dana White is the president of the UFC. And uh, apparently he hates everything Donald Cerrone does. You know, it'll be like fight week and he's out wakeboarding, you know, jumping out of planes, buying horses, you know, you name it. He's like that. Like adrenaline is his drug. You know, he he pursues it the same way, you know, a, a, a dope fiend, you know, I hate that word, actually. Fiend? Fiend? Fiend. I hate that word. It's an old 60s. People still use it. hate that word. I just cannot stand it, you know? Even when I was doing drugs, I hated that word. And it's just got, just say it, you know, fiend. It's it's, it's got like a mischievous, I don't don't know. I don't like the damn word. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's how he is, you know, and that's his particular drug. Now, would it be conducive for him to dial it back a little bit? Yeah, but that's when maybe that makes him miserable. You know, and then it's to me, it's just finding what you want to do and get addicted to that. You know, if you like doing media, become addicted to that. Let it, you know, engulf your life to a certain extent. You know, that that's what I try to um, get across to people. You know what I mean? Yeah, like but you, you know, can, you know, Chris, there's something like you know, is a little bit of dynamite not as bad as a lot of dynamite. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, yeah. you know, no matter what you're into, I mean, taken to excess, to extreme. You know, I think, right. I think, you know, there are probably marriages that have been broken up because someone had an addiction to putt-putt golf. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Exactly. Or model building. You know, it consumed them. Yeah. No matter what it is. So So it's moderation. It's it's moderation. You know, I tell you, I consider myself a Taoist, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I believe that, you know, there's balance and harmony and sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down and mm-hmm. everything is in a state of flux. And, you know, today's a shit storm, but tomorrow's going to be blue skies. And, yeah. And I, I, I truly believe that is a healthy perspective on life. Yeah. For sure. Right. So, okay. So, you, you know, you can temporarily get into your crazy addictions, Yeah. you know, but then at some point you have to throttle it back or else, or else that becomes cataclysmic, right? Yeah. And, oh, sometimes, yeah, yeah, for and sure. sometimes you have to slip it around. Sometimes you just have to, you have to get into something in life, right? Or what's the point? Yeah. What a tragedy it is for people never to experience tops of mountains, Right? Exactly. Or the, you know, a raging river, you know, and, and a kayak, or passionate, passionate love, yeah. or, the, or the type of anger that makes your head spin. You know, I mean, that's that's living life. I oh, think, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's living life. So if you don't allow yourself to get into these addictions, that's kind of just as bad as being overboard with them. I have a funny story for you about living life. My worldview is life is just a series of experiences. I want to feel them all. I want to do everything, ups, downs. I want to do whatever. Right. So I did not rehab uh, what I did in April, right? But I had went before that. And I had a warrant for my arrest for not going to court, okay? So someone gets a hold of me and they say, your face is on the, it's on the, the website, it's, on the new, it's in the newspaper. Yeah, so it's a giant picture of me in the newspaper. So they let me know this. And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm not getting arrested in rehab. Not gonna happen, right? So I check myself out. I come back down here. Now, mind you, I could have easily just gone and probably talked to a public defender or a lawyer or whoever and been in that event. I would have never had to do any jail, right? So it, me and, and two other people, I tell them, I'm gonna go to jail. I'm gonna go turn myself into jail, right? 
just because I want to experience jail. No other reason. And they're looking at me like, and I'm, I'm an absolute lunatic. I'm like, okay, but here's the plan. You know, we had the money already ready and so on and so forth. I'm okay. I'm going to go in for a day and then you guys are going to come post the bail and get me back out. No. I go in, I turn myself in at like three in the morning. I'm stupid drunk. I'm just, just gone out of my mind drunk. The guy comes out, the, the guy at the, um, the, I guess the police officer that's there. And he's just like kind of talking to me outside the jail. He's like, what are, what are you up to? I said, ah, I'm going to jail. Don't worry about it. So I go in there like it's a big ass party. I'm just, I'm high-fiving guards. I'm having a good old time. Until the next morning when I woke up in that initial little holding cell you're in, most miserable time. I was so hungover. It was just ridiculous. I finally get in front of the judge, the little judge's panel via satellite or wherever they're there. I guess at the courthouse. I don't know. And they would not remove my bench, my bench warrant, because I had missed so many court hearings that they were obviously upset. The second I sat down, the first thing, and it's how I knew I was in trouble, the judge said, oh, the great Chris Knight is finally here. And that, my friend, is when I knew I was screwed. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. But in my mind, I'm like, we'll just pay the bail money. No problem. Nope. Refused to move the damn bench or remove it because he was highly upset, apparently. It made me sit there for a week. Uh, so, yeah, that just goes into this experiences thing. So yeah. that backfired. So I do agree that everyone should experience everything, but there's a limit, you know, and I learned that through that experience <laughs> right there, you know. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know. Interesting story. Yeah, I don't sure. think none of us uh, has to jump off a, you know, a cliff to realize heights are scary. Heights are scary. It's going to hurt. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I can sort of like imagine yeah. that, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's some things that, yeah, we'll, we'll just not go down that. I've path. seen a lot of those locked up shows. And for whatever reason, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what this is like. <laughs> I'm going to see what this is like. <laughs> I'm going to see what this is all about. Yeah. And then I got in there and I just remember being so cold and so hungry all the time. And I had a, my first cellmate was a Spanish guy. He's, I think he's legit from Mexico. He spoke no English whatsoever. And the only thing he could manage to say to me, he called every meal lunch. So it didn't matter what I was doing. I'd be laying there sleeping. He'll come over and tap the bunk. Lunch, lunch, time to get lunch. I'm like, it's dinner, it's dinner, which was good because we never had to talk and I was always trying to sleep. I enjoyed that. And then right before they switched me pods, because you start off at A pod, where all the guys that are either going to or coming from state go, right? So they switched me from there to, I want to say it was D pod. But before I left, I had the Mexican guy and then his Mexican compadre comes in. And this guy did speak English, but he couldn't read it. So he shows me his paperwork and he's like, can you read this? And you know, tell us what, whatever's going on. So I looked at how much his bail was. It, oh my God. It was like, the, uh, uh, it was more than 500,000. I remember that. And I'm just looking at him like, I don't want to know what you did. Yeah, right. I don't want to know at all. And then they switched me and you know, to, to talk to or to speak to your, um, what you said, you're a Taoist, correct? So one of the other, right, balance. So here, here's a dose for you. So I had the guy that didn't talk. Moved me to D-Pod. My new cellmate doesn't shut the hell up, ever. <laughs> Little Italian guy, no idea what his name is, would not shut up to the point that I had to tell him, like, listen, man, have you ever heard of me before? He said, no. I said, and I haven't heard of you either, and we're not going to see each other after this, you know, so please shut up <laughs> for the love of God. So how's that for balance? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. And I, and I never want to do that again, by the way. That's when I can knock that off the bucket list, jail Done. Been there, done that. Yeah, I'm yeah. good on that. <laughs> I'm good on that. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like I've done a lot of great things. You know, Iraq and, you know, I have memories from that that, that that were great. You know, I've gone to Korea. I've done this. and I have a million stories. 
again, it's just about experiences. It's about life. You know, I know what it is to be high, not high off drugs, but just be high on life, you know, high in life. And then nothing, you know, I've, I've come from absolutely nothing whatsoever. Joined the military. Before you know it, I look at my bank account, it says like 50,000, which to me was huge money. The mistakes I made doing that, but I would otherwise call like my high moments, you know, and then the lowest of the low, you know, the suicide attempts and the addiction and just crazy, you know, crazy. And there's some things that I wish I could take back. Not so much, uh, I wouldn't take back what I learned from them, you know, but otherwise, because you always hear people say they don't regret anything. I don't regret anything about life. Nothing. You know, and generally I would say, yeah, yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. But I don't know, you can't you can't really escape that idea, though, of regret. You know what I mean? And that's another thing to uh, kind of circle it back with addiction is the idea of regret. Everything that has these negative just perspective is big for me. You know, trying to change someone's perspective on things like, you know, the idea of, of feeling lost, you know, the idea of regret. And these are all things that do cause people to relapse and use for sure. But what if you could think of it differently? You know what I mean? What if you could look at something as, as, a, as a learning experience, you know, or the, the whole idea you hear a lot, this person's lost. I feel lost. I use because I felt lost. What if you could change the way you think of feeling lost, right? What if you could think of it as a good thing, you know? Um, so to not go too deep into it on this podcast, but I look at that older. I, I, I think everybody's lost because there's no way to know where you're going. You can give a good idea of where you're trying to get to, right? But there's no way to know. Everyone's relatively lost in one way or the other. You know, it's just some people panic, some people don't. I enjoy the, the concept of being lost. You know, it's, it makes things exciting. Like, would you really want certainty? Like, just to know 100%. Well, sometimes, sure. No, I don't know. And other times, no. And I think this is the point, right? Yeah. Is that everything in balance. Mm. So, you know, there's an old saying in seamanship that sailors who oh, never go. go through storms. The Navy. You got you to you bear with me on this. because <laughs> For those who don't know, I'm a Navy guy and Chris is an Army guy. <laughs> and you're wearing a very nice Navy sweatshirt you're wearing. Oh, my. Look. That's awesome. I knew you were going to do it, too. When I put it on, I was like, he's going to find a way That's awesome. to interject this. You know, I have a Navy tattoo. I have a tattoo. I have an Navy. Army tattoo. Oh, see? Okay. It's a giant yeah. skull right there with gunshots around it. It's the most testosterone-filled tattoo you'll ever see in your life. That just proves we're committed, right? That's how, <laughs> how dedicated we were. There you go. Yeah. See? But, the, you know, the <laughs> saying is that no, no sailor ever became a, an adept seaman without ever going through a storm. Because, you know, you don't test your metal by plying calm seas. Exactly. You have to go through storms yeah. to find out what you're you're made of. I've got a, actually a wonderful story around I'm that. I'm sure you do. Before um, you say it, though, I want everyone to say that word right now. Semen. Yeah. <laughs> the burn of the show right there. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. We're just going to move right beyond that. Should have never mentioned the hoodie. Should have never mentioned the hoodie. <laughs> All right, next, I'm going to arm myself with a whole bunch of army and soldiers. Oh, the jokes and I'm going to be ready. I'm going to Google some. <laughs> but you know, the, the point is that's there again, it's about balance and it's about the right kind of balance. And it's about that full spectrum hmm. of the human condition that we have to deal with. Right. Yeah. And you know, like sometimes it's, it's a, it's, it's a nasty day out and sometimes it's a beautiful day out. Sometimes you meet nasty people. Sometimes you meet wonderful people. It is truly this full spectrum uh, that we live, yeah. right? So to take any of that out of context or out of balance or out of whack or whatever, it's not going to end well yeah. in the big picture. Yeah, because well, if life's too perfect all the time, the second something negative happens, you'll crumble. 
You yeah. don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. You have no clue, you know? So for me, I've, I've done so much already, you know? So I've seen pretty bad things and had pretty bad things happen. And I've made some really bad decisions, you know? So to not take away from someone else's life experience, if I can live those terrible things, right? And then tell you what I learned from it, maybe it'll keep somebody else, you know, from having to really go through something like, you know, truly, truly catastrophic that they may not recover from. Everybody's different. I'm not built the same as you, you know, someone else may not build the same as me you know, so on and so forth. So, I mean, everybody has their story. I really think your day breaks down to like the first, and there's a motivational speaker, I can't remember her name, but she was saying it's in the first three seconds of your morning, you have to get up, you have to, you know, cause otherwise you, you, you'll, you get it in your head that you don't have to get something done. And I really, I don't want to go in too deep to what she says, cause I don't want to, you know, what's, what, what, what's the word, I'm, what am I getting at here? Um, destroy her message, like explain it wrong. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I'm making sense. But, but, so the point is that you... Three seconds, you got to get up. Yeah. Just to get moving. Yeah. You know, so I try to apply that all the time because I go through depression, anxiety, and everything, same as everybody else. But I try to use the three-second rule for starters. Then the very first thing I do is get on old YouTube and I type in, you know, motivational video or motivational whatever. And they have a lot of these video montages. And it's just from various motivational speakers all put into one video. And that gets my day going. You know, that's how I try to start everything off on the right foot. Because I found out or I figured out about myself that if I do that, then it does take quite a lot for something to, to move me backwards, right? So it does take a, a lot more. Like I, maybe I wouldn't react to something with as much anger or intensity as I would ordinarily does that mean you know what i mean so i kind of get my perspective you know together upon waking up you know just initially in the first hour you know and it also helps uh something i haven't done in a while which i need to do is just go walk in the morning you know whatever it is about physical fitness always makes you feel good you know it's a great way to start the day like in the army i, I mean i doubt you guys did anything physical in the navy but in the army i see yeah in the army, yeah, when you go run you know, a couple miles in the morning, it was always run days I felt so good. You know, for, I don't know for what reason. It released endorphins or something, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, something like that, but I don't yeah, know. Mind, body, spirit, yeah. right? I mean, that, that you can't ignore any one of those elements in your life if you're going to live a successful, balanced life yeah. at least, right? So, yeah, getting your head right at first thing in the morning, you know, getting your mind right, getting yeah. out exercising, getting your body right. Yeah, super... Super important. You know, on the podcast, I'm really looking forward to hearing not only the stories of people's struggle. Yeah. But I'm really interested in hearing about people's great accomplishments, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. getting up in the morning, if that has been a struggle for somebody to get up in the morning and get their heads straight. looking at them. So that's a success story right there. Uh -huh. I wanna, personally, I want to hear more of those yeah. than, than really anything else. Sure. I mean, personally, I think that we don't hear enough of the positive stuff. Like, you know, for example, on the news, right? Ah, the news. Oh, Jesus. You know, why is it that we get uh, the two-minute great wonderful puppy story at yeah. the end that lifts everybody up after just all this gratuitous mayhem and negativity? I mean, it really boggles my mind. It's, it's ratings. It's, it's ratings. Yeah. But it's really nonsensical. I was watching the news the other night, and there was a story of uh, of a shooting in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Tragedy, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. I don't want to take away from that. But in my life here in Pittsburgh, that has absolutely nothing, nothing to do with my life. At all. Or or probably most anybody else's life in the audience. Yeah. Right? But that story was presented as, to put it bluntly, it was just gratuitous sensationalism with a dark, dark message. Yeah. And why, you know? I would be interested to see what would be reported if they didn't have to worry about ratings. 
You know, do you know what I mean? Would it would it get closer to what what maybe the the journalist or the presenter wants to actually read? You know, because like obviously, I'm certain they're not all like Satanists that just want nothing but doom and gloom for the world. So I'd be interested to see if ratings were had no bearing, what they would report on. Because it's the same thing. I used to read Yahoo News every morning, and it's just the most depressing stuff in the world. Yeah, you know, CNN, Fox, it, it's ridiculous. And and right now in the Trump era, it's like every news agency is attacking every news agency to the point that I'm looking at all of them. Like, okay, somebody's lying. You know, someone's full of shit here, and I don't know who it is. You know, but I would be interested to see that for sure. And just the ability to ignore things that are negative throughout your day. And that, well, that's, that's a certain skill to have. That yeah. is a certain skill. Absolutely. That's a that's a huge skill. One, necessary because, you know, just in life, you know, negative stuff happens. Yeah. You have to have sort of baseline way to compartmentalize. Two, the onslaught of it today with mass media is just so pervasive. You just cannot escape it. Can't. Right? I mean, you have to go out of your way yeah. to put good news into your life. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, not it should be the opposite, right? I mean, you know, the, the the norm should be positive, happy, you know, that's what I mean. wonderful thoughts. If they don't have to worry about ratings, I wonder if that's what they do. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I wonder if that because they can't like talking about negative shit all day. Who would want to do that, you know? Maybe this is just a human thing, too. That people, people love to pick scabs and they love to feel the pain because if nothing else, you know, pain gives someone a sensation that they're alive. Yeah. Yeah, there are people like that. Do you ever see the people that put... um like hooks in their back yeah. and, and they suspend themselves. Yeah. What or, the f or cutters or, you know, that. I don't want to drop any F-bombs here. All right. I don't want to drop any F-bombs. But what the hell is like, I saw that and I just couldn't wrap my mind around it. Like, what are you doing? Hooks in your back or they'll put the things under their skin and all this nonsense. It's just so crazy to me. I don't know. Yeah. Blows my mind. Yeah. And it shows how everyone's so different. Like we're having the conversation about some people aren't gonna like something, some people are. Yeah. You know, um, and for everyone just to uh get you up to speed about what we're talking about here, when I did episode zero, I had two groups when I was telling you. I had the group that hated the cursing, and then I had a group that loved the cursing. You know, so it's like who do you appeal to? Not everyone's gonna love everything you're doing. It's just not going to happen. There's no way, you know, to appeal to everybody. So just do what you love, you know, at the end of the day. But to, to circle it back to the, the news and everything, I mean, that sucks because if you're already a depressed person about whatever and then you read the news or you watch the news and it's nothing but depressive shit all day long, I mean, if, you're, if your life's depressing enough and then you see all that, you know, that sucks. I could definitely see that wearing on people's psyche after a while. You oh, know, yeah. so it's like, okay, well, what the hell is good in the world then? You know, if it sucks being where I'm at and it sucks over there and, you know, it sucks over here, then what's the whole point to this? Right. You know, and again, that's why I always preach so much about perspective. Okay, well just, you know, take, I tell people, take something from the negatives and the positives and whatever is no, not relevant or conducive, let it go. Right. Yeah. You know, you know what, in, during the Middle Ages, you know, um, uh, what the number one of the seven deadly sins Public was? speaking. Public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> that's the number one fear. It would people anxiety. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the, of the seven deadly sins, you know, sloth, gluttony. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You know what the number one? Was? A great movie, by the way. No. Number one. Let me guess. Number one. The Middle Ages. Name the seven again. You know, I can't name all seven. Damn it. I said we get the Because you know what? I don't, I, don't live that, do, do, do. I don't live that life, Chris. I don't. <laughs> so it's oblivious to me what they are. I don't know. So the seven deadly uh, sins, Middle Ages, what was the number one? Well, there was oh, one. Gluttony. It was despair. This is why. When you give up hope... You give up 
faith. When you give up your faith, you're giving up the possibility that God would be your salvation. Mm. So to be despairful is to really turn your back on God, on the church. It was really to say, all else is lost. Mm. So flip that over, the number one thing to have, the number one virtue to have is hope. Yeah. Right? So no matter where you are in your life, I mean, if you lose hope, you're going down with the ship. True. Very right? true. I mean, you're, I mean you're, you're like enabling yourself to go down with the ship. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's complicated, right? And we all have despairful moments and, you know, compounded with real things like the physiology of depression and so forth. It's tough, right? It's tough yeah. to deal with. But really, that, you know, hope and despair are flip sides of a coin that we have to deal with, we have to struggle with. So do you think that that is uh, hope? is what is appealing about what we're doing as far as like the vlog goes in, in this show and everything else, you know, like, are we giving people hope that they could change, you know, or at least giving them an idea that it can happen? Because I don't know, now that you're saying that, yeah, that does, I do know a lot of people like that, that are, are current in their addiction and they're in, they have no um, ambition to change it. And now that, you know, now that you're saying everything you're saying, I'm beginning to believe well, I'm beginning to realize it's a lack of hope, yeah. hoping that they can change, you know, or, uh, yeah, I don't know, hope that things will get better once they get off drugs, because that's the number one fear, sure. you know, is that you'll get off of drugs and everything will all of a sudden become boring, you know, or that, that was my big thing was everything being fucking boring, you know, and it, now that you're saying that, it's, it's almost like I was telling myself, well, there's no hope that I can ever have fun, you know. Sure. If, if you think there's no hope that tomorrow's going to be a brighter day, stay under the covers. Yeah. If you think there's no hope that you're ever going to find love, don't look for it. Why bother? If you think there's no hope that you can feel better, well, you know what? Continue doing what you're doing to make you feel bad because why bother? Yeah. Right? So when it comes to the podcast, if someone thinks there's no hope or no value in the message, then why do it? In these conversations, why tune in? Yeah. Right. And you know what? There will be people who, you know, that watch, shut the hell up. For I don't sure. need that, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? That sort of thing, right? Yeah. That's, uh, I guess that's just the way some people are. Yeah. But, you know, I would hope people listening to the podcast would find some value, enough interest in this, enough out of it. Right. I always say, you know, educate, entertain, and inspire. That's yeah. what we should do in our media. If we're not doing that, yeah, we're kind of working against against that, right? We're not given anybody sort of hopefulness yeah. that this could, would be, you know, any, any way meaningful to somebody, right? There's plenty of stuff that I listen to, you know, podcasts. I have a podcast network. So I'm kind of tuned in to a lot of, you know, what's out there in the podcast landscape. Boy, so much of it is just, I don't, I don't get, why am I listening to this? What's the point of it? What's, yeah. you know, I don't, I just don't get, I struggle with that. I think right away when someone tunes in to your vlogs, they see you, they hear you right away. The message is boom in your face. Like this is, this is important stuff. It's real stuff. Yeah. We, you know, it's identifiable. That's stuff. what I try to do in the first like 10 seconds or so. You know, I try to almost like an in your face type thing. You know, so I try to catch your attention in that first 10, 15 seconds, you know, and, and I try to hold it, which is why my vlogs are so short. I try to keep them below 10 minutes, you know, and it's, it's funny by doing that people watch it and they're like, well, it can't be that hard. You know, it's only a five minute vlog. Right, because I use that smash cut method. They're not realizing. It, sometimes it's like 40 minutes, you know, of uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be talking and I may lose my train of thought. I stop, but I never stop the camera. 
So it's still going, you know? So it's like, I got to sift through all this and then cut it down. And then I go back and look at it again. Okay, I can move this or change this. This would be funny that way. And da, da, da. So it's a, it's a lot of work. So this all ties into freaking hope. Because every time I'm editing this, I hope it's going to end sometime soon with a product worth watching <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So I have to have a, a good amount of hope when it comes to editing. Well, let, let's give people hope that this podcast episode is going to end this is never ending. This is an ongoing <laughs> so, thing. I don't know what we need. A counter is what we need. It says how long we've been going. How long have we been going here? I don't know. That's what I said. We need a counter. What time do we start? I you don't. Know? I don't. I don't know. I, so let's uh, let's talk about a little bit what's going to be on the podcast, right? Interviews with yes. people, right? Real people struggling with addiction, law enforcement people who, who deal in official capacity, legal capacity. So the idea was to use connections I've made for good instead of evil, right? So I'm trying to get people that have sold drugs you know, that no longer do, that are, that are reforming their life. I would love to interview them, you know, and try to, try to get, ask questions from uh, a personal angle, if that makes any sense. You know who I'd like to hear on the show? Who's that besides me? We'll hear plenty of you. Plenty from you, (laughs) mister. Moms and dads and brothers and sisters. Yeah. And the people in the so-called collateral uh, aftermath of addiction, Mm. their voices matter, their stories matter. Absolutely. They have as much to share and to provide insight around as uh, as anybody else. Yes. You know what I mean? First responders. Right? That's a good one. I mean, yeah. you know, first responders are, are people who are, they're witnessing day in and day out, you know, the carnage, right? Yeah. It affects them. How do they go home and be, you know, spouses and moms and dads themselves after witnessing? You know, so that's in the whole collateral. Yeah, absolutely. Collateral, uh, absolutely. So. I, and honestly, I, I never, uh, first responders didn't cross my mind. I was just more going off of people that I, you know, I have in my immediate uh, circle of connections, but that's genius. And that's why you're the executive producer there, sir. So first responders, if, if anyone's out there that's listening to the show or watching the vlogs, if you'd like to come on the show, I would absolutely love to interview you. Message me. I, um, again, we're on all social media. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, basically, you could find us anywhere. Uh, you can also find us at the Social Voice Project. Oh, we have a page on there. And also on that network is tons of uh, a fantastic podcast for, I don't know, I enjoy just sifting through them and listening to various ones. I learned something from each one of them, you know, so. And then you have your show, right, uh, sir? Oh, yeah, yeah, quite a few shows. Yeah. Plug the show. Yeah, we've got a lot of great things coming up here uh, with the Social Voice Project, and um, this year especially some interesting performing arts work that we're doing, uh, shows such as yours, a uh, Ghost Story Legends and Lore podcast I coming. I want to be on that one. That'd be really Badly. cool. Yeah. So, you know, stuff that, um, as I mentioned earlier, stuff that has uh, um, a focus towards the community, focus in, uh, around the humanities, focus on uh, good, yeah. focus on um, media that matters. So now to the ghost thing. Is that because that's a universal type of subject? So, are you guys going to be focusing just you know on this immediate area, the Pittsburgh area, Beaver County, Pennsylvania, or is it more a, like a nationwide type of conversation? Well, it's mostly the tri-state area, okay. you know, Eastern Ohio, Western Pennsylvania, Northern West Virginia. There is a lot of paranormal interest. Is there? Yeah, you know, this is not really like in my wheelhouse at all. Sure, you know, but we all love a good ghost story, you yeah. know. And as the the podcast host told me, his name is Tony Lavorne, he's a wonderful guy, wonderful storyteller. He said, "This, you know, these are always not about the ghosts. This is about how we react, mm. right? This is about us, yeah. right? How we take in this stuff, how we how you view the afterlife, even." Yeah, you know. Yeah, these are again. These are big, like like you know, the world of addiction. This is this is really about humanity, 
right? This is a human interest kind of topic yeah. as much as anything else. Sure. So, so we'll be um, we'll be talking with other paranormal groups, seeing what they're up to, and we'll be exploring some of these uh, legends and lore that are actually from these areas, you know, tri-state area. Mm. We're, we're going to be doing some midnight live streaming. Can I come? On location. Yeah. I want to come. Yeah, it'll be spooky. I want to come. We'll be out there in the woods, with, you know, with the microphones. Uh-huh. And, yeah, we'll, we'll be doing that. And we also want to do around Halloween, we want to do a, a ghost storytelling live event huh right? you imagine a stage yeah. one microphone the lights come down speaker steps up get some sound effects sound That'd effects nice. the ghost story starts to roll right? i'll do it i'll do it i'll bring i'll bring the average addicts with me all right i'll do it we can make this an event for a lot, sure a lot of fun that'd be awesome a lot of fun. But before we get off here though there are a couple pages um that I do want to shout out because I didn't know as far as addiction, there's this huge community. It's something you and I were talking about before. So right now, um, the groups that I'm in on Facebook, uh, the main ones are Get Clean or Die Trying, which is fantastic. It's ran by a guy named Travis. So a really good guy. There's a, there's a group of guys that make something like what I do, comedy sketch type things that involve addiction always end with a good um, a good message. you know. And so they're called uh, the Hope Dealers. So that's another page to check out. And there's also that series we're discussing called No More Heroin, where essentially people go on there and um, they tell their story, you know, and, and you receive as much support as you need from, from there, you know. So there's my, my point to all this is there's tons of places to reach out for anybody that needs it. You know, in the same way, I had no idea that there was this giant support community, you know, with conventions and, and you know, keynote speakers. Same way I didn't know, I'm quite convinced a lot of other people don't as well. You know, so if I can even help, you know, be the the connection between them and those groups, you know, or at least just remind them that they're out there. You know, it's a simple Google search. You could find 50 groups, but those are the ones that I like the most. You know, and maybe on another podcast, I can get them on. However, we could do that. I'm sure we could do a call in or um, a Skype or something like that, you know, but I would love to get them on. Uh, and so they can explain what exactly they do uh, and things that they have coming up. But and we'll make sure that those links are in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. All right. See, I'm still learning. Still learning. Still learning, man. I'm learning from you. Like even just with this podcast, I've I've since learned that if I have to like brush my nose or cough a little bit or something, just to slide away from the mic and do the little hand move. I think the kids call it dabbing these days. That little like uh, <laughs> that's a move. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. You, oh you yeah. Know what dabbing is? Yeah. You got to dab one time. It's for me. No one can see you. Come on. I'm gonna tell the world if you don't. That, no, wait. It's backwards. There we go. I can't. Even. How's about it? It's like we want put the put the L the loser. You know, I was doing like backwards. Like, oh, I can't even get that right. To that was the most, loser forehead. That was the most slow motion dab I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, I'm in such this, a reluctant dab. I'm in this sunken couch, which is rather comfortable, by the way, and I have this microphone looming over me. Yeah, I'm almost I'm all situated here. <laughs> that was an awesome dab, Kevin. <laughs> We're gonna end the show with that one. That was an awesome dab. Did we forget anything, my friend? I think we had like. 55 discussions in like 40 minutes yeah that's yeah. it we're good that'll be good look forward to it alright thanks Chris alright guys we'll, we'll see you next time and after, hey thank you I told you you're going to be a mainstay on the show I'm going <laughs> to rope you in I'll come back anytime alright alright guys everybody that's listening have a great night don't forget love the addict don't judge the addict and you will hear that mantra one more time before this ends Thank you for tuning into the show. If you liked it, which I know you did, make sure to go find us on iTunes and or 
Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, review. It moves us up the rankings, help us reach more people. Also, find us on all your major social media, so Facebook, Instagram, you name it. We're there. Twitter, find us there too. It's fantastic. It's a huge party no matter which way you find us at. Also on your favorite download site, so I'm talking SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, Player FM. We're everywhere. Follow us everywhere. Enjoy the ride with me. Don't forget, love the addict. Don't judge the addict. And I'm out.